This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. And welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known in Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, and that is, of course, Dave Statman Roberts. Hi, Dave. Hello. I'm hoping we have a, a match this weekend. I'm not feeling particularly very confident that we will. So, listeners, we actually genuinely have no idea whether or not you will be listening to this podcast. Dave and I could literally be talking to ourselves right now. Um, it wouldn't be the first time. There would not be, and it certainly will not be the last, Dave. I'm quite sure of that. Um, but, yeah, we are recording this on Thursday night um, amidst what feels like Premier League games falling left, right and centre as, unfortunately, Omicron strain of the COVID virus is taking a hold. Um, games being postponed left, right and centre. Obviously, we've just had... The Watford game called off very late in the day, Dave, for, for a COVID outbreak amongst the Watford camp. Um, we've just had a very quick chat about this off air before we came on to speak to our listeners, Dave. And you feeling pretty confident that the Premier League won't take a break and will just let whatever games can go on, go on. That's your view, isn't it? Um, I think, well, certainly for this weekend, they might have to review it again next uh, next week, depending on what happens. Obviously, the next round of games after that will be the Boxing Day games. Um, but yeah, we'll have to uh, wait and see. It's all a little bit um, uncertain at the moment. Yeah, it does. It just feels a little bit funny. My, I think I'm coming on the view that I think at some point they'll just make a decision just to calm everybody down and just take a couple of weeks break and let everybody relax. Um, I think at the moment, as we've seen this, as people are getting their booster jabs, I think people would feel a lot calmer once they get their their booster jab done. So that's where I feel with this. I feel like they might take a bit of a break from football and just let everybody get boosted and start again. So fingers crossed. I know Robbie in our... Um, you know, from the analysis show, who's in our WhatsApp group earlier, he's really panicking, doesn't think we'll see another game 
thinks we'll end up going behind closed doors again. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Um, but if it does, listeners, we will be here with you. So do not fret. We will keep you company till the end of the season, come what may. And that is, of course, why we're here, Dave. We are going to try and preview what will hopefully be the Claret's next Premier League game. And that is Aston Villa away. It's Saturday the 18th of December, 3 o'clock, not televised, but anywhere in the, li- in the UK live. And that's what we're going to preview. But before we get to that point, we are, of course, needing to give you a very quick turnaround of a quiz question before the Watford game. Now, I don't actually know if anybody listened to that because we um, obviously the the game never went ahead. So I don't know whether or not people have listened to that preview show. Um, But we did ask you how many different Watford managers has Sean Dyche faced as Burnley manager since taking over at Turf Moor? That was a little bit of a... A bit of a guesstimate, that one, wasn't it, Dave? But what was the answer, and did we get any correct submissions? Uh, well, as you say, there's been a very quick turnaround between publishing the Watford preview show on Tuesday uh, for Wednesday's game, which never went ahead, and then obviously recording this episode on Wednesday evening. So apologies that there hasn't been too much time to receive your answers. But I can reveal that Sean Dyche has faced seven different Watford managers with Burnley since he was wow. appointed in October 2012. And not 13, as you said. No, I did guess 13. Um, and that clearly I then got busted listeners for not listening to the earlier um, section in the podcast where Dave did quite rightly tell us that there had been a maximum of 12 times we played Watford. Um, but did anybody submit the correct answers, please? I was just going to go back and say that. Did, Watford do change their managers often, but not usually within a game. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come to be more than twelve. I mean, to be fair, it's a fair, it's a fair guess, Cop. It's a, you know, it's it's not one of my most unreasonable or irrational guesses that I've done to the quiz question, Dave. I've got to say that. Um, did anybody get the answers right? Uh, well, we received several guesses, but only one got it spot on. Although a few were just one either side. Uh, regular quizzer Jan Gedzaleski was the only one who got it spot on. So well done to him. Indeed. We did have uh, a few people who did submit some answers, though, so we don't always um, give shout-outs to people who don't get the questions right, but I just want to just have a quick shout-out to say that we do read them all. Uh, we are very grateful when you do submit your answers, so do keep them coming because it, uh, it keeps us occupied. Um, we are, of course, going to test your knowledge before we wrap up this episode, um, so don't go anywhere. You just need to just stay tuned to the end of this episode and we will give you another quiz question. Premier League head to head. But before we get to that, David, it's time to preview that game. I've already told you the details of the game. Jumped a little bit ahead of myself there in the old script, but you know the drill. Let's kick us off, Dave, looking at the history of this fixture, starting off with Premier League meetings. Yeah, Burnley have played Aston Villa at Villa Park on four previous occasions in the Premier League. Uh, We suffered a rather heavy defeat. That was in February 2010, uh, despite taking the lead in the 10th minute through Stephen Fletcher. Uh, The home side then scored five without reply before Martin Patterson netted a consolation in injury time at the end of the game to make it 5-2. However, with that bad news out of the way, The good news is that Burnley are unbeaten in our most recent three Premier League games at Villa Park since then. We won 1-0, that was in the last match of the 2014-15 season, with Danny Ings scoring the only goal before moving on to Liverpool. And in September 2019, we played out an entertaining 2-2 draw. Uh, That just leaves the corresponding fixture from last season, 
and that match was a goalless draw that was played behind closed doors almost exactly a year ago. That was on the 17th of December 2020. Good stuff. And what have you picked for the memory match, please? Uh, well, as we've just mentioned, our only win at Villa Park in the Premier League era was an end-of-season match, which didn't really have any meaning, as Burnley had already been relegated. So we're going to go back into the archives, way back for a top-flight win from Burnley's golden era of the 1960s. Uh, those of you who listened to our Barry Kilby special earlier this season, when George Poole and I had the pleasure of speaking with Burnley FC's former chairman... Uh, You may recall the tale he told about being ejected from Villa Park along with his father when he was a youngster. Uh, Well, that's the game we're going to recap for today's memory match. Uh, Although Burnley won 1-0 at Villa Park in March 1950, it remained somewhat of a bogey ground as we didn't win there on any of our next 13 visits. Uh, We lost 10 and drew 3 between 1950 and this match in 1962. Uh, the match we're going to go through here uh, took place on the 24th of March, 1962. Uh, Burnley were also scheduled to play the FA Cup semi-final at Villa Park the following Saturday against Fulham. So this was a useful dress rehearsal. Uh, prior to kick-off, there was a minute silence for the 19 men who died in the Hapton Pit disaster two days earlier. Apparently, though, there were some in the home crowd who didn't respect the silence, and it was this that Roy Kilby, Barry's father, took exception to, which led to a scuffle and then resulted in them both being escorted out of the ground. On to the match, though, and John Kennelly opened the scoring in the seventh minute after Jimmy McElroy chipped a free kick across uh, for him to uh, to volley in, uh, and that was the, the first goal, so Burnley took a, an early lead in the game. Um, and then we had uh, uh, Adam Blacklaw. He really kept out the Villa forwards. They had plenty of chances, but he he kept them out. And with only a couple of minutes left to play, Gordon Harris cut inside from the left and finished with a low shot past Nigel Sims to double the lead and seal the victory. Um, and that was Burnley's actually only Burnley's only away win in the last ten away games we played between the start of 1962 and the end of that season. Uh, after being well ahead of Ipswich, we were eventually overtaken and failed to register our third league title due to a dramatic dip in form during the second half of the campaign, and in particular the last couple of months. Mm, definitely. Um... Well, in the first half of this particular season, we've been bringing you the club connection section, which is where we focus on one individual who's got a connection to both clubs. As we're quickly approaching the second half of the season, we don't actually have too many teams left to look at. So why don't you tell our listeners, Dave, who we're going to feature in this episode? Uh, Can I do one this day first? We've done that one, haven't we? No. No. Okay, go on then. I'm losing the plot with this script this week. It's a good job, Dave, that our listeners aren't going to actually ever hear this episode. I could have sworn that we went straight from... uh, I thought we went straight from memory match to club connection. Oh, well. No, we have on this day. On this day. Yes, let's have a swap and let's just do... Because Dave could have just done on this day and swapped back. Yeah, do whatever you want, Dave. Go on, go for it. I'm I'm going to I'm going to stick to the order we've done previously. Do I'm going to do one this day. Do it, do it. Um, 
Burnley have won seven of the previous 17 matches we've played on the 18th of December. It wasn't until 1909 that Burnley played on the state in a competitive match for the first time. That was a goalless draw at Lincoln in a second division game. And 11 years later in 1920, we were top of the first division in the middle of an impressive unbeaten run, which continued with a 2-0 win over Preston North End at Turf Moor. Joe Anderson scored both goals in a four-minute spell in the second half. Burnley remained unbeaten in the other two games played on this date before World War II, which were a 5-1 home win over Everton in 1926 and a 1-1 draw at home to Sheffield Wednesday in 1937. The good run continued after the war with a 2-2 draw against Manchester City at Main Road in 1948, followed by a 3-0 away win at Cardiff in 1954, and then a 4-2 home win over Leicester City in 1965. In 1968, we played third division Swindon Town at the Hawthorns in a League Cup semi-final replay. Despite Dave Thomas scoring a last-minute equaliser to take the tie to extra time, and Frank Casper scoring in the first minute of the first period of extra time, an own goal by Arthur Bellamy and another by, for Swindon by Peter Noble ensured the Robins progressed, and they also went on to beat Arsenal in the final. Three years later, in 1971, we picked up another away win, this time at Bristol City with Paul Fletcher scoring both goals. We lost our other game on this date in the 1970s. That was a 3-1 home defeat to Millwall. Uh, In 1982, we lost 3-2 at Grimsby Town, but 1989 saw an emphatic 5-0 win over Scunthorpe United at Turf Moor in a second replay for an FA Cup second round tie. During the 1990s, we had one win, one draw and one defeat. The draw was by a 1-1 scoreline at Port Vale in in 1993. The defeat was by a 3-0 scoreline as Middlesbrough were comfortable winners at Turf Moor in 1994. And then in 1999, we beat Cardiff City. Uh, That was 2-1 at Turf Moor with goals from Gordon Armstrong and Lenny John Rose. That just leaves two matches since 2000, which were both Burnley defeats on the road. Um, We lost 2-1 against Sunderland at the Stadium of Light in 2004. And five years ago, in 2016, we lost to Spurs in our last match at White Hart Lane. So to summarise, our overall record for the 18th of December is played 17, won 7, drawn 4 and lost 6, with 34 goals for and 24 against. Good stuff. Where are we going next, Dave? You tell me. Uh, Club Connection, I think. How does that sound? That sounds marvellous. Hit us up with some. Who who have we picked? I don't think you've done a poll this week, have you? Uh, No, I I think with um, limited time available between fixtures, I took an executive decision to feature a player who is rightly considered to be a legend at both clubs. Uh, Born in March 1941 in Milne Gavi in Stirlingshire, Scotland, Andrew Lorimar Lockhead started out in the Burnley youth team in the late 1950s and worked his way via the very strong reserve team, which played in the Central League, up to the first team, making his first team debut in August 1960. That was just after Burnley won the league title. He only played six matches that season, and two in 1961-62. But he established himself in 1962-63, taking the place of Jimmy Robson, who sadly passed away this week. Uh, Andy went on to form a prolific strike partnership with Willie Irvin. Uh, Before Andy's departure from Turf Moor towards the start of the 1968-69 season, he scored an incredible 128 goals in 266 appearances. That's very nearly one every other game. 
Uh, Leicester City was his next destination, and after missing out on a place in Burnley's team for the 1962 FA Cup final, he earned a runners-up medal at Wembley with the Foxes in the 1969 FA Cup. In 1970, he joined Aston Villa and continued his impressive scoring record during three seasons at Villa Park, before going on to spend time at Oldham Athletic, plus a short spell in the US with Denver Dynamos. Uh, Throughout his career, he was renowned as a tough opponent and was especially dominant in the air, scoring a very high proportion of his goals with his head. Incredibly, he was never capped for Scotland and played uh, just once for the under-23s in 1962. After his playing days were over, he was a well-known pub landlord in the local area and also spent several years as a matchday host at Turf Moor. Excellent stuff. And do uh, he is a spectacular host as well. Well, assuming that the Boxing Day game against Everton does go ahead as planned, we won't be repeating the club connection section there as we did that when the two teams met in September. So you're just going to have to wait and see what replacement we have in store for the second half of the season. Um, which raises a very interesting point, Dave. Do we have anything in store for the second half of the season? Uh, you'll have to wait and see. Excellent. Um, I don't know anything about... Yeah, D- Dave's shaking his head at me. No, we don't have anything planned for the second half of the season. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to get our heads together. So, uh, regular listeners, if you've got any suggestions that might help us out, because otherwise me and Dave might be scratching our heads a little bit for that section, but we'll, we'll come up with something. We always do. Um, anyway, we digress. Let's uh, move on because we need to bring this fixture right back to the present, please, which starts off with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, Aston Villa are yet another Premier League club who no longer have the manager they started the season with. A decision was taken in early November to part company with Dean Smith, and they didn't waste any time making an approach to Rangers for Stephen Gerrard, who was appointed a matter of just a few days later. So far, they've benefited from a new manager bounce, although, as we know, that doesn't always last. Uh, Villa recouped uh, £100 million for Jack Grealish, who departed for Manchester City over the summer, and they splashed the vast majority of that on the following players. Uh, Emmy Buendia from Norwich City came in for around £34.5 million. Uh, Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen for almost £29 million. and ex-Claret Danny Ings from Southampton for around £26.5 million. They also signed uh, Ashley Young, who had been uh, linked with uh, Burnley over the summer, and also uh, Axel Twanzebe on free transfers. Uh, after using a variety of different formations earlier in the season, they settled on a 4-3-3 formation so far with Gerard in charge. It's getting to the stage now where team lineups are becoming guesswork due to the additional volume of players who are missing out on games due to positive COVID tests. However, for the record, this was Villa's lineup for their last Premier League game, which was a 2-0 away win on Tuesday at Norwich City, who of course now have Dean Smith as their new manager. Uh, Villa had uh, Martinez in goal, a back four of Cash, Concert, Mings and Target. Uh, their midfield three saw Douglas Louise in a holding role, plus John McGinn and Jacob Ramsey. And up front, Ollie Watkins was flanked by Emmy Buendia and Ashley Young. Uh, Ollie Watkins is Villa's top scorer in Premier League games with five so far, although he isn't their highest point scorer in the FPL. That's goalkeeper Emiliano Martinez with 67 points 
although Watkins is in second place with 61. Uh, John McGinn and Tyrone Mings are in joint third with 60 points each. Uh, as well as recent injuries to Bertrand Traore, Leon Bailey and Marvellous Nakamba, Emi Buendia may also be a doubt. And at the last count, there were three other players who tested positive for COVID. Uh, they were Anwar El Ghazi, Jed Steer and Morgan Sanson. This situation, though, as we know, is changing extremely rapidly. Uh, just a quick mention again for PremierInjuries.com, which is the best place to find details of the latest English Premier League injury table. Good stuff. Public service announcement. Always on the case, Dave. Um, I don't think we have an opposition view this week, listeners. Um, it's not just us with the very quick turnaround win and the uncertainty of the fixtures. I think some of our peers at opposition um, clubs are also having the same challenges. So um, I'm going to go out here and say we probably don't have an opposition view. However, if that changes, um, Dave will um, weave his magic wand and slot something into this section right about now. Uh, but I don't think that the wand would be there. So there you go. Um, so Dave, who's going to be <laughs> who's going to be the referee? Let's move on to that. Uh, yes, we've got uh, Andy Madley, who's from West Yorkshire. He's going to be the referee at Villa Park on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this will be his first Burnley match he's taken charge of so far this season. But we've only lost once out of the nine previous Burnley games he's refereed. Uh, that's an overall record of five wins, three draws and just one defeat, which was in the League Cup against Manchester City last season. Uh, this will be just his third Burnley Premier League game, and we've drawn both of the other two. Uh, they were a nil-nil draw against Newcastle United. That was at St James's Park at the end of February 2020. That was right before the uh, first lockdown. And also a 1-1 draw at home to Leicester City in, uh, in March. That was... Uh, uh, last season. Uh, so far, he's kept his red cards in his pocket during his previous games involving Burnley. Uh, and finally, for this section, John Moss will be Andy Madley's eyes and ears at Stockley Park as he's been appointed as the video assistant referee. Good stuff. So, uh, I think good stuff is the new excellent, you know. I keep, I'm very conscious <laughs> I keep saying that. It's the new excellent good stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Um, I don't know. I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week. Uh, this week's stat of the week relates to an update of something we mentioned earlier in the season, which was also a stat of the week, if I recall correctly. Uh, when the Premier League announced the fixtures, that was back in June, I think, uh, we flagged up that Burnley's 5,000th league game uh, was scheduled to be our 20th match of the season, which would have been the visit to pay, play Manchester United at Old Trafford. That was uh, That's obviously taking place between Christmas and New Year. However, uh, when the uh, Spurs game was postponed at the end of last month, that, cha that, meant, uh, that change meant that our 5,000th league game moved and was scheduled to be the first match of the new year against Leeds United at Ellen Road. However, as we know, there's been another postponement uh, which sees yet another change. Uh, once again, this is on the assumption that neither of the Spurs or Watford games will be rearranged before mid-January, very unlikely, um, and that there are no further postponements, which may or may not happen. Uh, but as it stands, our 5,000th league game is now scheduled to be at Turf Moor and will be the home game against Leicester City on the 15th of January 2022. 
Of course, in the current climate, there's a lot that can happen between now and then, but how fitting would it be for the club's 5,000th league game to take place on home turf? That would be pretty spectacular. It really would. Um, How are you, obviously, trying to take away the disappointment from midweek aside? Because I think that would have been a, a very amazing opportunity to get a win and leapfrog Watford and get out of the bottom three. I think that's annoyed me more than anything about the game being called off. But trying to, to forget about that for now, Dave, we've got a job to do on Saturday. Uh, we're going away to Villa against a side that are very much looking in form at the moment and look very difficult to beat. Um, we just, we're a really devoid of ideas in terms of creating chances at the moment. And I think without Corne in the side... It kind of feels to me like a nil-nil is the best we can hope for. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, Maxwell Corney. We're recording this uh, on Thursday. That's after the uh, match press conferences. So Sean Dyche did his pre-match press conference earlier today. Uh, he confirmed in that that Maxwell Corney hadn't trained so far this week. So, oh, so I think we can sit. We can yeah. safely say that it's going to be extremely unlikely that he's going to be uh, involved <sighs> at all on Saturday, um, which, as you say, does leave us with perhaps a, a lack of creativity. We've seen this season when he's in, been in the side, it's given us a bit of a, an impetus when he's not been in there um, early on and when he's been injured. We've, we have struggled a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a tough game. As you say, Villa are a, an informed side. Uh, they have had that new manager bounce, but those things don't last forever. Um, they also have got a reasonably uh, high number of injuries, uh, injuries, and then also three COVID cases at the moment that we know about. Um, so they are going to struggle a little bit more to uh, to pull a side together, uh, which might work in our favour. That could be a, a positive we can mm. look at. I think when when you when you look at the, the Again, we don't know the exact criteria the Premier League are applying. They're not being too uh, transparent about it. But it appears that if if you can keep most of your squad together, then it could give you an advantage if there are teams that have players missing, but not enough for the game to be called off. So um, in those circumstances, that could be uh, beneficial to us. And that might be uh, something that works in our favour on, on Saturday afternoon. But if we're talking about match predictions... I think, uh, yeah, I don't see it being a, a high-scoring game. If Burnley are going to win it, it's probably going to be a 1-0 a, a or a 2-1. Um, but a, a draw, would a draw be a bad result? I thought that draws, usually in a way, point is a, a good point. Uh, but we do need some wins on the board. So we need to get an away win from somewhere. We've only had the one win in total this season. We certainly haven't had a win away from home. So an away win would be very welcome. What better time to do it than uh, than Saturday? Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, I I kind of feel like an away point. Yeah, we we need a we need a win, but I don't think I don't think an away win uh, an away point is 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 as disastrous as a home point is. Um, I feel like it would still be a good enough point. I think. Um, if we manage to get away, particularly how well Villa are playing, um, I'm going to predict. Oh, I, I don't see us winning. I really don't. I'm, I'm struggling to see whether we'll draw, but we try and remain positive and get behind them and think we can try and um, squeeze out a nil-nil, nil-nil draw. Did you give me a prediction then, Dave? Sorry. I, 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 I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Who's going to score? Uh, Woody. Ah, that would be nice. 
that would be very nice. Um, well, let us know your score predictions, please. See, I've got a bit deflated now. I'm going to pull, pull myself back up. I can feel myself. As I said then, then I was a bit, oh, not going to win. Probably not going to draw. Come on. Come on, Bromley. Pull yourself together. Listeners, let us know what you think the result's going to be at the weekend. What's the score going to be? Who are the scorers? And how are they going to score? You can tweet us at None and Ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page. Or you can email us at previewshow at noneandever.net. Get in touch, please. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, Fantasy Premier League, Dave. Much loved, highly coveted None and Ever FPL League. Uh, we promised you a game week 16 update this time and we have delivered. Um, so why don't you tell us what plays? Uh, yeah, it's uh, as always, it's extremely competitive towards the top of the known never league table. And there's a definite pattern developing, although we'll have to see which of our top managers deals best with the current lottery that is taking place with COVID-related postponements. Uh, which doesn't make things easy. Uh, So without further ado, here are our current top five managers for the season to date. We've got a non-mover in fifth place. That's Jacob Sapwell. Uh, A climber to fourth place is Deck Clark, who's been there or thereabouts this season. Uh, And then we've got three non-movers, top three. We've got Jack Toner in third, Luke Lambert in second, and our leader, who's stretching the lead slightly, he's got a a 30-point lead now, is uh, Joe Elliott in first place. Ah, good stuff. Um, What about Manager of the Month race, then? Yeah, well, we're looking at that now for December, and I can tell you who's leading the way in the race to be December's Manager of the Month, although there could be some significant movement once this weekend's matches have been completed, because obviously there'll be two sets of uh, games with the midweek ones and the weekend ones coming through when we do our next update. Uh, But our top three at the moment are uh, three managers who we didn't mention the top five. So there there are managers coming through who are managing to to make an impact. It's not all the same ones. We have Craig Smith in third place. We've got uh, Stephen Kipkoge, I think is how you pronounce it, hopefully, in second. And we've got Luke Connell in first place, just two points ahead. So tight at the top, but I think that could change as the uh, the weekend's games are played. Yeah, definitely. Um, any movement in the podcasters' mini league then for none and ever? Uh, no, it's still Adam Dennett way out in the lead. My Burnley Stats team in second, George Pools in third, producer Matt in fourth, and your Dingle Bells team is still bringing up the rear. And it's been that way for several weeks. Uh, perhaps, the, mm, perhaps the festive fixtures combined with the COVID chaos might shake things up a bit over the next couple of weeks. We, How we far see. behind am I in the mini league? How far am I behind producer Matt? Uh, quite away, I think. Probably fifty points or something. Oh, fifty points is no. From memory, I can I can get that done. Um, what about last weekend's team of the week, then, please? Uh, yes, we always like to keep you up to date with the team of the week. So here are the best performing players for game week sixteen. Uh, if you'd have had all eleven of these, you would have got one hundred and thirty-six points. That's obviously excluding whoever you chose as your captain and any bonus chips that you played. 
because uh, obviously your bench could count or you could triple captain. Uh, they add points to your total. But the, we had uh, players in a 4-5-1 formation with a heavy uh, London bias by the looks of it. We certainly had uh, an Arsenal goalkeeper, Ramsdale, and we had uh, two Arsenal defenders alongside him. We had Tierney and Gabriel. Uh, the other two defenders were Tomkins of Crystal Palace and uh, Masuaku of West Ham United, so an all-London back four and goalkeeper. Uh, in midfield, we had a couple of Leicester players who were the high-scoring players out of the 11, uh, both with 16 points. Uh, that was Tielemans and Madison. Um, and then we had another couple of Londoners. Uh, we had Jorginho and Gallagher uh, in midfield and also Sterling. Uh, and then uh, up front was uh, Dakar of Leicester, and that was our four-five-one, the highest scoring players of game week sixteen. Good stuff. Um, well, by the time we record our um, Everton preview, we should be able to give you back-to-back updates again. Uh, sorry, we should be able to bring you back up to date again, not back-to-back updates. Bring you back up to date because the matches that took place in game week seventeen midweek and the game week eighteen which is this weekend's games, should be done. I don't believe that for one minute, actually, Dave. That's very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambitious, I think, in our... Wishful thinking. Very wishful thinking. Uh, You know what? I think the reality is, listeners, we will just bring you updates whenever we can because we've got no idea. Um, But do stay tuned because we will try and bring you what we can. Statman Dave's quiz question. Okay. Starting to wrap up the podcast for this week then, Dave, the preview show. We've got a quiz question, I believe. What have you decided to set our listeners this week? Uh, Well, this week's quiz question is a festive one. Uh, This is our last game we play before Christmas Day. We obviously don't play Christmas Day games anymore. But in the past, we used to, which is what this week's quiz question relates to. Um, What we want to know is... In which year did Burnley last play a match on Christmas Day? And which team was it against? Excellent. Which year did Burnley last play a match on Christmas Day? And which team was it against? Um, I know how I'm going to submit my answer. I'm going to do it straight after this recording. But how do our listeners get theirs in, please, Dave? Uh, You can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. You could email us preview show at nonanever.net or you can reply to the post this preview show on either the No Name Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Good stuff and we will of course give you the answer in the next show as well as who got it right. Um, should be for our home games against Everton. Um, we're going to try and record and publish that before Christmas Day so you do have plenty of time to listen to that before the match is played on Boxing Day. Um But before we wrap up this episode, then, we're going to give you some community news, Dave. What's going on? Uh, Well, I just wanted to give out a last-minute reminder. There are a couple of possible Christmas present ideas for the Clarets fans in your life, or even for yourself, if no one else takes your hints. Um, That's in the form of Clive Lawrence's calendar of the 1991-92 season, and also the newly released No Nay Never book, uh, both of which we featured on podcast specials earlier this season. Um, In addition, I wanted to thank our listeners for sticking with us this season, despite difficulties with behind-closed-door games earlier in the year, and more recently, the last-minute match postponements, as well as seeing some tough results on the pitch. But I just hope that all No Name Ever listeners, whether you've started listening to us recently or have been with us for years, 
Uh, just wish you all a, a great Christmas and a safe and prosperous new year and up the clarets for 2022. Absolutely spot on, Dave. Best wishes from all of us. Well, that is all we have time for this week. Um, my thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to getting this episode on the air. Um, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt for his just constant work ethic in getting these produced and out there for your listening. Thank you, Matt. Um, to Dave Roberts, who is our undeniable and just undisputed superstar of the previous show. He puts all of the stats together. He writes the script. He basically does everything. I just show up. Um, and it, it, there just wouldn't be a preview show without him. So thank you, Dave, from the bottom of my heart. I enjoy this immensely. Um, last but no means least to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, Please take care of yourselves in the current climate. These are challenging times once again. It does feel like we are reverting backwards a little bit to a time in our life where we didn't necessarily think we would be back to. Um, keep an eye on yourselves. Keep an eye on those around you. Look after your loved ones. Look after your neighbours. And if anybody out there is feeling anxious at this time and wants a friendly ear, the non and ever lines are always open. Um, we strongly recommend that you, well, we strongly, um, what's it not recommend, Dave? We, we encourage you to get in touch with us, particularly by email. We love reading your letters and we love hearing what you've been up to. Um, but you can tweet us or contact us on social media, but um, we will always be here. So please take care. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Non and Ever podcast. Until next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.